Would you bow with me for a prayer today? Dear most precious Heavenly Father, we come to your throne of grace. We thank you so much for the privilege to approach it. We come, Lord, confident that you have completed the salvational work that's necessary for us to approach a holy God. For we are reminded, Lord, near your table that we're sinners, all of us. And we need your almightiness, we need your holiness, we need your imputed righteousness. So, Lord, wrap your righteous robe around us today as we come to worship. Those that are here in the sanctuary and those that are home or wherever they are, you, Lord, are not separated by people, places, or things. There are no autonomous zones with you. We ask you, Lord, to help us now as we endeavor to worship you in spirit and truth right here in this place. And Lord, I'm about to read some words that are just so powerful. And I just ask you, Lord, to take those words and impress them upon our hearts. I can't do it. I can read them, but that's all. I can try to explain them, but that's not enough. So, Lord, impress us with your Holy Spirit. We, Lord, need you right now. I'm not ashamed to call out to you, Jesus. We're a broken people, and we're sinners, and we've strayed so far from you. And it seems like, Lord, when you turn us loose again, we go right back to the same old ways. Oh, Lord, bless us, Lord. Help us to repent. Bless our nation. Bless our president. Bless us all, God, to uh, have a heart for you. Uh, Remind us, Lord, of our need of you. Lord, bless our law enforcement. Help those policemen that are so ridiculed and taken advantage of. Oh, God, give them courage and a tenacity to serve you and protect your people. It's a calling that you've given them to do. Bless us, O Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the church. Bless every service today, wherever they are, that promote the truth of the Lord Jesus. But we look up to you, Lord. Our eyes are on you today. So bless us, Lord, that the message would be mighty and meaningful, and that it would be something, Lord, that will take us all through the storms and troubles of life, that we would be comforted as no one else can comfort us. You can do it, Heavenly Father, and we trust you, and we come to you and ask you that for Jesus' sake. In his great and powerful name we pray, amen. I want you to turn with me today to John's Gospel, chapter 14. I'm going to read some, one verse, that's all. I can't stand to read anymore. I, gosh, I could go on, but what a powerful part of Scripture. And I know you're familiar with this verse. I, I have to uh, confess, lots of times I read this at funerals. It ought not to be. It ought to be read every day by God's people. Listen to what it says, and I pray the Holy Spirit will take it and use it. What I'm afraid of today that I'm going to dilute this, and I don't want to. It's just straight from Jesus, okay? Listen to what it says. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Now, Jesus knew that his disciples' hearts were troubled. And rightly so. And he knows when our hearts are troubled. And I don't have to tell you, we're living in troublesome times. I'm not going to beat around the bush at it. We don't need to, uh, to, to, to pan around about the life that the world has to deal with today. I've never been in a situation in the world where it seems oh, so upside down. Where what we think is right is actually wrong, according to the world. Uh, where people that stand for what's right are ridiculed and accused. Um, where... 
we're afraid and we're wondering what the next day may bring. And, and so as we come to this part of life, I mean, you think about the troubles that we face in this world. You know, it's true, and we see that. I'm not telling you anything new. This deal about trouble is real. And I think we need to face our trouble, but I think we need to share our trouble too. That's what makes it lighter. Uh, I think it was Mother Teresa I once read said that, you know, you're to love until you hurt. And so when you hurt so much, then all you got left is love. And, and so love is one of the ways that we see what Jesus is doing here to his disciples. Can you imagine the love this man Jesus, man God, is showing to his disciples? He's about to go to the cross. This is the night before he goes to the cross to pay for our sin debt. And you know what he thinks? It's just like Jesus. He says, let not your heart be troubled. He's always thinking about somebody else. He knows your troubles. He knows my troubles. And yet we have so many, you know, Job said, man that is born of a woman, which we all are, are a few days and full of trouble. Uh, trouble is reality. And, and yet, so as we look at that, Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled. Now, if he says, let it not be troubled, it means that obviously it's implied that it can be troubled. But I can tell you right up front today, Jesus and I not want you to be sad. How in the world could the scripture calls us, call us to rejoice, and again I say rejoice, and if we're going to be troubled in heart. Now, he did not say, notice with me, he did not say, let not your heart be grieved. Um, it's all right for you to grieve. See, grief is the price you pay for love. But he said, don't let it be troubled. See, you can have your heart broken and not be troubled, because Jesus says, God says, uh, he's nearer to those of a contrite and broken heart. And I believe all our hearts are broken. If they're not, then I don't know. I don't know if we're really real and we're really sensitive about what's going on around us. But nevertheless, it's, it's the opportunities that we have now to see Jesus really display his grace and goodness. I've said before, and I really believe it more now than ever, I think right now the Christian church has more opportunity to, to be witnesses for the Lord than we've ever had before. Uh, there, there's more opportunity now for, for spiritual invention, so to speak. You think about all the, uh, the, the pleasures we've enjoyed, the comforts of this life. You know how that many of them have come about because of trouble. Trouble is what breeds us to be a better people. And so I pray that God would help us see that as we notice that. But, but what a profound statement Jesus said. You know, trouble, I mean, it's, it's real. Um, and we have it in different forms. There's trouble we make up ourselves. We get our own selves in trouble. There's trouble we, we don't have anything to do with. But we're, the, we're receiving it, you know. I mean, I mean that's, that's how it is. Uh, there's, there's spiritual trouble. There's mental trouble. There's physical trouble. Um, there's national trouble. I mean, God says as long as this world stands, there will be wars and rumors of wars. But, but what, I want to, what I want to say to you is that Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. And the remedy for that is believing him. Just believe God. Now, now I don't know if you can believe any of the news people or not. I don't know. I, I believe that you can, uh, whatever opinion you have about anything, you can find a, a news station that will tell you what you want to hear. But God is not like that, okay? Jesus is truth. And the truth is what makes you free. 
And he says, you want to get out of this? You want to get out of trouble? Don't let your heart be troubled. I tell you, we don't need to waste another night. We don't need to waste another moment having a troubled heart. We need to just say, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust him. And, and you know what? If you can't believe and your trouble goes away, you still got trouble, you got to believe harder. You got to dig deeper. You got to ask the Holy Spirit to enable you. He never tells us to do anything he doesn't enable us to do. But it doesn't come swimming with the current. We've got to give it all we got. We've got to face the facts. We've got to face our trouble, and we've got to bless it. And we have it all around us. And we have it. You have trouble that I don't have. I have trouble that you don't have. And so we're going to have trouble. So that's, that's how we realize how precious God really is to us. And, and so I, I test that Jesus is reminding his disciples and reminding us on the night before he faces the greatest trouble, a trouble that we could never face, highly more surmountable or greater than anything we could face in the cross of Calvary, he's saying, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, I think about trouble. This, I, gosh, I guess this in the last few weeks. One just past week, you know, a couple days ago, I killed a rattlesnake in my backyard. Um, not a few days before that, there was a yellow jacket nest in the uh, pond dam path where we walked. Uh, what, what do we have, a cloud cover yesterday, some sort of smoke screen coming from some other place in the world? There's fires burning, there was an earthquake last week. I, I mean, when are we going to say, God, <laughs> you know, God, where, where, what, what I need to do? And I can tell you what we need to do. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, I know those little troubles I mentioned may be frivolous, but it brings me to the point I want to make. I want to say three things where, that, that I think we can gather from this uh, verse in a subjective form that, that will help us to not let our heart be troubled. Number one is love. You know, we, we, need to love, we need to understand what the love of God is about. And we see that, again, I said that already, I think, let not your heart be troubled, Jesus is saying to his disciples and to us, you believe in God, believe also in me. So, He's the one that's overlooking his own trouble. That's what he's doing. And he says, you know what? I love you. Did he not say, I love you to the end? Then he's proven it. You know what? Trouble, when trouble comes, that is, we, we're upset with our lives and things are not working. We don't know why things are the way they are. Uh, there doesn't seem to me any sense in them at all. Uh, some of the best things happen. You know, I see my sister Bonnie Donaldson. I told her son-in-law last night, I don't know of a more gracious, humble precious lady than Sister Bonnie Donaldson. I know there's many, many others in the church and in the world. But I mean, you know, why would she have to do this? Why would God allow that to happen? I don't know. I don't know. But, but I don't want her family to be troubled. I don't, you, you don't need to be troubled about it. Because, because Jesus is going somewhere and he's going to prepare a place, and as we read on these scriptures, and that place is heaven. And God is preparing us a place. You know, trouble does that. Trouble prepares you for a place. See, by nature, we're not prepared for heaven and where Jesus is going to heaven and he's going to prepare a place and how he's going to do that by the cross of Calvary because he's going to make it wide open for us. He's going to blow you wide open. Do you know for a believer, Jesus, why he can say that? Believe in God. You believe also in me. You know, he's opening up heaven. I mean, that's what, that's what it's like because there's no unpardonable sin. 
Listen to me, there's no unpardonable sin for a person that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because he's prepared the way. And God is a preparing God because he always loves us. He loves us that much. And what a blessing it is to see that and bless God in that. You know, he prepared uh, the Garden of Eden before he created Adam and Eve, you remember? Uh, he prepared Canaan land before Israel ever got there. And so he prepares heaven for us. That's what Jesus says. As he says, his father's house has many mansions. That's where he's going. So basically, he's going. we know how he's, the path he has to go to get there, and we know what he's doing there now. You know what? We need to relay that to our loved ones in Christ, and that should bring us comfort so that our hearts shouldn't be troubled. We should have confidence in God and bless Him and everything, and, and what a blessing. But sometimes, trouble comes to prepare us for more trouble. You know, I think about David and Goliath. Little David fought a great giant, didn't he? And so he, he, he brings the giant down. Why? Because he had already fought a, a lion and a bear. He did. He, he fought a lion and a bear. And you say, well, that's, that's pretty big to me. <laughs> but, but I wanted you to know that that he fought Goliath and he won the battle, but God had prepared him for it. You know, when I think about, when I think about love, I, I don't know, this is, uh, Faith and I was riding up here and I just started laughing out loud. This thought came to my mind and she wondered, what, what's wrong with you, granddaddy? And I, she has to say that a lot, unfortunately. But, but uh, what happened was, I was thinking, and, and, and I know that Daniel Boone and David Crockett were real people, but I saw, I, I don't know why, I come to a show in my mind, I don't know, many years ago, I remember watching this movie. I think it was Daniel Boone, and he, he faced this bear, you know, this grizzly bear somewhere out in the west in the wilderness. And this bear was in the bush. Now, I don't know if this is true. I don't know, but it could be. I don't know. And so this bear comes, comes up on him, and you know what Daniel Boone does? He just grins at him. He just starts grinning. And, and you know, the bear just turns around and runs. You know, I, I think about this lot. I think about nothing out your heart but trouble and how we face the situation in our lives and how we face trouble. And, you know, there, there's a part of us when you see things that's going on in the world that, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just the meanest preacher ever was. It makes you, it makes you angry. It makes you really feel bad about it. it and it does. And, and you know, when, when I think about it, I know I have to be reminded that, that I'm not perfect either. Then I could be doing those same things apart from the grace of God. I could, but, but I do know that love is how God has given us trouble to prove His love. That's what Jesus is doing here. But how love prepares us for a bigger trouble. So I would say this, and I think everybody would agree with me, no matter what you have, no matter how much you have or how little you have, how good your health is or how not good, I tell you this, I can say that we all have more than we deserve. I think we would all say that. But you know what? When I think about the world, you know, I know that, that as a pe preacher and having uh, God bless me to be the pastor of this wonderful church, St. Spur Primitive Baptist, and I can remember those times, and you can too, where this room had been full. I can remember those, those uh, dinners down in the fellowship hall. And the strawberry cake and the caramel cakes and the banana puddings and the fried chicken. I remember that. But, but I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll ever have that again or not. I don't. Uh, and, and if we don't, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I've already had more than I deserve. 
I've already been in this pool. Baptism, I tell you, I've done that so many, so much more than I deserve. It's, It's a great blessing. I don't know if I can do it again. I don't know if I'll be blessed of God to do it again. But I tell you, I've already had more than I deserve. And you've had more than you deserve. But here's where, here's where the trouble and love connect for me. Here's why, here's why that we as believers need to get on our knees and cry out to God in this world. That he would change the hearts of men and women. That he would bless our nation and bless our leaders. Is because, you know what, I want my grandchildren. And I want my children to experience those things that I've experienced. I want them to see what church is like. People gathering and the commitment that people's made. I wanted to see those men like Brother Jack Brandon standing at that podium. I can still see him there telling us, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their sins, God will hear and he'll heal our land. And I remember Brother Jack saying, People, we are in trouble. And that was before all this come about. And I'll tell you, it's time that we understand because it's because we love somebody else. You know why I killed the rattlesnake? You know why I went down just before dark and took care of the yellow jacket nest? Because I was thinking about people I love. I was thinking about people that, that I love might get in on them. That's what I was thinking about. I wasn't so much about Randy. And that's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is saying, I love you. That's what he's really saying. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me. Trust me. That's what he says. So it, so, it shows that. It, it helps us when we understand that this, God is preparing us. And he's preparing us. And he has to do that with trouble. I, I don't understand it either sometimes, but, but it happens. I, I didn't tell you earlier, but the title of this, this message is Troubleshooting. And I was thinking about it like this, you know, if you're going to have, you're going to shoot at something, you're going to have an aim. You're going to point at some, something. And you know what? That's got to be love. You know, and we got to steady that with hope we have. And, 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 the, and the ammunition that we have is, is belief, trusting God. You know, I remember um, my father-in-law, Mr. Emory Deloach, uh, was a mechanic and he was, a guy, I don't know if they have these anymore. He had a little store. Many of you knew him down in Denmark, Georgia, and he could fix anything. He, he was kind of a troubleshooter. And you didn't, didn't tell him what you, whether it was a lawnmower or a, or a Mercedes Benz. You drive it up to Mr. Emery's shop and you say, Mr. Emery, uh, I got a problem. And you know what he'd say a lot of times? He'd say, let me hear it run. Let me listen to it. You know where you, you, know where you got trouble in your heart? You know where you know where your kids have got trouble? You listen to them. You listen to them. You listen to your heart. David says, examine your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. See, your heart is the best fort, the strongest fort. You hold on to your heart. Now, you can't deal with the world. The world, this is not our final place. Jesus has proven that, okay? He's going to play a place called heaven. You're going to be there. You're going to be there because of his grace and mercy. You're going to be there because he loves you. And nothing's going to separate you from the love of God, not anything. Not even your sin. It's not. But, but nevertheless, Mr. Emery would say, now, let me listen. Or, what is that rattle? Or he'd feel it, you know. I mean, I can still see him. I mean, he had that rag in his back pocket. He'd walk around it. He'd look at it. He'd start to work on it. He was a troubleshooter. You know, that's what we need to be as believers. 
We need to listen. We need to listen to your heart. Listen to what God's saying. Listen to Jesus. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. And you know what he says, the remedy for that, Jesus says, believe. Believe in me. What does that mean? It means believe that he is Jesus. That, that is historically true. That he was born of the Virgin Mary. That he lived upon this earth. That he perfectly lived righteously as God would have us all live. But he substituted himself on the cross of Calvary. And he died for you and me on the cross. And he rose again to seal the fact that that work was completed. Do you know, friends, that your sins are forgiven? That's the greatest trouble that could ever be. You're talking about troubleshooting, you go to Calvary. That's where you're going to find it. And he arose and he walked on this earth a little while longer just to prove to people like Thomas that doubted him. Because Jesus didn't want his heart to be troubled. He said, Thomas, reach your hands into my side and see and touch. And Thomas didn't have to do it, but he said, my Lord and my God. And that's believing in Jesus as a historical Jesus. That he is Jesus and that he is living right now. And because he lives, we will live also. Yes, we might have to live through trouble. But know this, that God is with us. And that he loves us. And so we see that as we, as we are, are prepared in love. You know, I was saying about Mr. Emery. Mr. Emery Deloach... When he retired, I started planting trees. I was doing forestry work then, and so I had a tractor and a tree planter, and he got a fella, and they would go around planting trees on tracks that we had. And he was such an energetic, positive guy, even in his retirement. He says, I can still remember him saying, where's the next track? I mean, even before he finished it. And I remember one time, Mr. Emory Lokes was planting a track on the, off the Ogeechee River somewhere. It was in the backside of nowhere. You ever been to the backside of nowhere? Okay, that's where he was. I mean, you know, that's what trouble. That, that's when your heart can be troubled. You get on the backside of nowhere. I mean, you know, where you just don't know where to go. It could be in that waiting room down at the hospital. It could be in ICU. I mean, it can be the backside of nowhere. But I remember on the backside of no, nowhere. Mr. Henry never did really graph cell phones. Sometimes he'd call me and he wouldn't turn his cell phone off. I could just hear him. You know, walking, the leaves crunching. He'd keep on walking. You have that cell phone going. But he called me, got to me one day, and he said, you know, Randy, this tractor's uh, broken the front end, come apart. <laughs> On the backside of nowhere. I mean, that's trouble. I mean, my little mind, I didn't know what trouble was. I still don't. You and I probably don't, none of us know really what trouble is. But, but, but anyway, that was trouble to me at that time. So I go down there, it's the backside of nowhere, and I go out in this place, and Mr. Emery is out there, he and the guy, and the tractor, I, I literally, the right side of the axle just completely come apart. And here this tractor is, now this is bedded timberland. There's no way a truck can get there. There's no way you can call for the service guy to come here and give me a help. You know what, I walk up to Mr. Emery, you know what he said? He said, Randy said, if you'll go over there in that creek, around that edge of that, and you find me a lighter stump. He said, find a lighter stump or some block of wood and a pole. So I, I do that. I find it and find it, get it back to him. And he takes a lighter stump and he takes about a 20-foot pole. You get where I'm going? He, that little stump says fulcrum, okay? He puts that pole on it and we get up, me and this other guy get on the pole and we put all our weight on it and we pick the front of that tractor up. That's the lever. That's what belief will do for you. You know, belief is that fulcrum. 
You've got to have a belief in something that's solid. And this word of God is that way. You know what he did? I still remember that. He took a bolt or something out of the other side that had several bolts. And he took that bolt and put in this side. I guess it was an extra one over there. And we held it up and he got it all done. He put it down. 30 minutes later, he's planting trees. Now that's amazing. But that's, that's what troubleshooting do. You, know, you don't just quit. I mean, I would have been saying, let's get out of here, man. I, what in the world are we going to do? I mean, you think about this world we're living in. And can we say that with God? Can we say that when Jesus is reigning? I'm going to tell you, when you see the trouble in your life, it's just an opportunity to show off Jesus. You hear me? When, when the 5,000 didn't have anything to eat, what did he say? He said, bring what you got. Have you any loaves? You know what he's saying to us? Have you any faith? Have you any belief? Whatever belief you have, you bring it to Jesus. And I promise you, he will bless it. Jesus blesses belief. Faith is one thing that pleases God. Trouble is what causes to see Jesus walking on the water. Trouble is what caused Jesus to, to be glorified in turning the water into wine. And I want to tell you, you, if any of you have ever struggled with alcoholism and addictions, he can also turn the wine into water. He can do it. That's what Jesus is about. Jesus is about taking trouble and turning it upside down. Jesus is about taking a mess and making it good. You're talking about making a lemonade out of a lemon? That's what Jesus does. He is good at taking trouble, and he can say with all authority, to his disciples and to you and me, let not your heart be troubled. He loves us. Secondly, and I've already touched on this, belief. That's the remedy. That's the only remedy for letting your heart not be troubled. Now, I can't emphasize that enough. And I've got to admit, you know, I have a tendency to let this belief leak out of me too. But unbelief, I think it's Hebrews 12, is an easily besetting sin. You hear me, ladies and gentlemen? Unbelief. Unbelief. And we all got some of that in us. We have a tendency to work on the flesh. But what Jesus is saying, he says, you believe on me. Believe in me. You believe in God. In other words, he's saying, you can't see God, can you? But you believe him. You can't see God. You believe he created? You believe that I created. Don't you believe that God is sovereign? If God is not sovereign, then he's not God then Jesus is sovereign. He, Jesus said, you believe in him, you believe in me. And this proves his deity. His, he is the God-man. Jesus. Oh, how we need to exalt him and bless his holy name. To thank him that he saved us by his grace. And to understand that we're here to believe him and we're here forever because of his almightiness in our life. But you know, uh, Jesus, why does he say that? Why would he say that? Because I believe that he knows, don't believe I know, that we are in a desperate situation. You know, the wrath of God in every one of us, every one of us, every day sin, every one of us belittle God in our lifestyle sometime if we're not careful. Every one of us. And so God is so constant in, in calling us to that. And Jesus knows there's no way to rescue ourselves. There's no way government is going to get us out of this. There's no way economics or science or anything. The only thing that's going to get us out is God. 
and Jesus. And he says, let not your heart be troubled because I'm going to do it. You know, Jesus is going to prepare a place. And if he's going to prepare a place, there will be no vacancies. You understand me? No vacancies. I mean, there won't be any rooms empty there. Why? Because he's going to fulfill all things in his giving himself to us and his blessing. That is belief. And we need to believe that Jesus died for our sins. We need to trust him. We just need to be still and let him do the work. Don't try to help him, okay? You know, it's kind of like uh, somebody rescuing some person that's drowning. Say, listen, don't move. Don't try to struggle with me. Let me take it. Let me take you. I got you. And that's what Jesus is saying. Believe me. Trust me. And what a blessing. But you know, here's what we get into sometimes. And here's where unbelief fizzles, fizzles out of our, causes us to fizzle out of our belief. Is we try to borrow belief from somebody else. You can't borrow belief. You've got to believe this yourself. You've got to believe this when you lay down at night. It might be good to hear the preacher. It might be good to hear your mama and daddy or your friend. But I'm going to tell you, you let this sink in. Borrowed b- belief has no power. It doesn't have no power. Because as you change or your mood changes, it's going to flip and flop. But belief, true belief, is a personal belief. And it's not a leap in the dark. It's to be still and know that he's God. It's like the Apostle Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul was a man that was acquainted with trouble. By the way, Jesus himself was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He knew a lot about trouble. And so the Apostle Paul followed in that suit, and so will you and me. Because God is the potter, and we are the clay, and Jesus is the mold. And by much tribulation, the scriptures say, we enter into his kingdom. But it's going to be worth it, because it's a prepared place for a prepared people. And that's what trouble does. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Um, it's not a leap in the dark. I said that, I think. But I think, I think of the 12 spies. You know what happened? I, I think sometimes we have a tendency to let our weaknesses and our doubts be like those 10 spies that said they went to the Canaan land. You remember, God says it's already yours. And he sends his spies out, and 10 of them says, we can't do it. While those people, they're so big and we're so little, you know, you know, I, I, think, about, I think about this world, and I think about what's going on. There's so much good in this world. There's so many people that love Jesus. You never hear about that. You don't. But I'm going to tell you what trouble, that's what Jesus said. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Those, 12, those 10, they couldn't see anything good. All they saw was what's wrong. You know, remember Joshua and Cave was the only two that said, yeah, we can do it, God, if you're with us. God was not pleased with that, you know. God says, if I tell you to let not your heart be troubled, that the, the victory is mine, that you are more than conquerors in Christ, then he really means that. He's not just beating around the bush in your life and mine. And sure, we're going to have some trouble, but that's how our faith, you know, that's how it's going to grow. And that's how we're going to be, be able to bless God and do the things that he's called us to do. Um, what was I, I was thinking about the, the 12 spies and about how we, oh yeah, this is what I want to share with you. You think about 
seeing things wrong. Now, I have a tendency sometimes to have a pessimism in my life. But I'm going to tell you, oftentimes, listen to me now, the trouble is not the trouble. The trouble is our attitude about the trouble. Does that make sense? See, that's not really the trouble. See, Mr. Emory Lowe's, when he's dealing with trouble, it wasn't the trouble. It was his attitude about the trouble. And that's how it's going to be with you and me. That's it's going to be how we think. You know, when I, there, there are people, though, that they're going to find something wrong with everything. You know where we need to be? If we want to keep up with the news of the world, we need to read this Bible. I mean, it, it is up to date on everything that's going on. You know, history right now, I mean, all the good band there, it's right up to speed with what God is. All, all it is is a fulfillment of Scripture. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's why Jesus said, let us heart be troubled. I mean, the, the disciples were troubled. One reason, because they didn't want him to leave. They, they didn't want him to go through what was going to happen to him. He'd already told them that one was going to betray him. All these things were troubling to them. But Jesus said, these things must be that the Scriptures be fulfilled. So the trouble that we're going through as a nation, as a world, as a people in your personal life and mine, that, that's a part of God becoming God. And if we can ever get to the point where we realize God is all we need, then we'll have all we need. And until that time, we're just going to be beating around the bush with life, you know. But, but what happens, we see that and, and we, can, we need to look for the good. And we need to rise up and see the light of the world and to promote that and to be the salt of the earth. And to appreciate the good people of this world that, that God is blessed, that we are blessed to be a part of. And there's multitude, millions of them. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. You know, when I take my grandchildren out to the pasture to see the cows, and they love to do that. That's the only profit I've been able to realize with cattle business, my grandkids looking at the cows. But we don't go out there to look at the manure. I know that's that way. You preach one will say, I mean, I, that's true. I, don't, I don't go out and say, there's a pile of manure. I don't say that. I mean, it's out there. You got it? It's there. But that's, we, we're seeing the green grass. We're seeing the cattle grazing and chewing on their cud. And the birds and listening and all that. But there are people, lots of people, you can take them to the most pristine valley in this world. And they will find out one pile of manure somewhere. And they're going to say, you know, what about that? And we ought not to be like that. That's what's troubling to our hearts. We need to see the good that God has given us and blessed him in that way. Now, I'm not trying to be naive. I mean, it's there. But nevertheless, there's a purpose in all of it. And God is going to work it out for our good. And that's what he says, we can believe in him. And then lastly, you know, there's hope. So when you think about let not in your heart be troubled, you got to have love. And that's why we need somebody to tell our troubles too. That's why God has given many of your spouses trouble. And that's what church is about. The church local, the church body of believers. Why? We're iron sharpens iron. We're to, we're to share our troubles. It lightens our load. And Jesus' prayer is like, we need to tell God. You know, what, one of the things about hope is this. Hope anchors the soul. And, and that hope is what gives us steadiness. If we're going to be troubleshooters, we're going to find some. And when we find it, we've got to deal with it. And what's going to have to happen, we're going to deal with it, is what's underneath us in our life. Just like a sailboat, the keel and the ballast is what gives it steadiness. See, that's what's in your life and mine.
hearts settled and, and afloat amidst the storms of this world. You know, Psalm God says this, open me in the time of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And it's hope. David said, and we all get discouraged, you know. The way you know, you know, people's discouraged is if they're, the way you know if, if a person is discouraged is if they're breathing. We, we all have that. But David says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. And that's what I'm telling you. Do not hope in Randy Waters. Do not hope in a doctrine. Do not hope in a denomination. You hope in Jesus Christ. He is the hope of all hopes. He anchors our souls and he gives us all that we need in that way. And what a blessing he is. He's preparing a place for us. Now, I remember, uh, see, you and I need to be reminded, this world is not our home. Don't fix your affections upon this world. Because God says fix them upon things of heaven. We're pilgrims and strangers here. And if you look at Hebrews 11 and other of those catalogs of faith, you can see people of God, just like you, that had many, many multitudes of troubles, but they made it. Here's the deal. Are we going to want to tiptoe through the tulip, so to speak, and just don't get involved and don't uh, fool, you know, with kind of write it off? Are we going to track through the troubles with Jesus that he's given us. That's, what we, that's, that's the decision I believe that we're going to make. I believe this is what he's saying. He's let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is with us right in our trouble. He is. And um, there's going to be days in our lives. You remember the, I don't know if it's a poem or I know it's a writing, but footprints in the sand. Okay, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have two sets. You know, Jesus is going to be there with you, but there's going to be times there's going to be one set of tracks. And it's not going to be yours, it's going to be Jesus. And Jesus is going to be carrying you. There are some troubles that you and I can't get through. Jesus is going to carry us there. You know, I'll close up. There's, there's maybe a little bit of humor in this, but, but I was thinking the other day, I was riding a lawnmower, and I got to think about this guy. Years ago, many years ago, gracious, I was pretty young. I'd, uh, I'd go over to my mom and daddy's every Saturday morning, and mama would cook a breakfast, and I'd take some of my little girls were little then. And, and so Daddy had this guy that would, had done some work for him around the house. And he's kind of died, got it did odd, or jo- odd job. Some of you may know his name was Cooter Nail. And he's down around the Stiltson area. And, and so every now and then he'd stop by the house. And Cooter had a little problem with drinking sometime. And so one Saturday morning I was sitting there. And I, mom, mom and Daddy had a screen door and I was sitting there. Mom's getting breakfast ready. And I look down the lane. There's a lane coming my mom and daddy's house. And I see Cooter walking. I said, are you in trouble? He said, he said, no. I said, well, why are you walking? I said, are you, aren't you in the, in the ditch? Because I could see his truck down there in the ditch. He said, no. He said, I'm not in the ditch. He said, my truck's in the ditch. And I I thought about that at the time. I know know that from a lighter side. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, this world is in a ditch. But you're not in the ditch. 
Because you and I need to be intoxicated, if you can say that, on being filled with the Spirit of God. We need to be so full of Jesus, so full of what God has done for us, that we can say, you know what? We might not ever change this world. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not, I'm not of this world. And you're not either. You're not in this ditch. You're not. What God has called you to do is to be alive of the world and solve the earth. So do it. And as you do it, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in Jesus Christ. He is Lord. He is your Savior. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the truth. We thank you, Lord, for the troubles that brought us closer to you. Deliver us, Lord, from evil, from temptation. Strengthen our faith. Comfort our hearts. Bless us, O God, to be faithful to you and to see your mighty works in the midst of the troublesome times in which we're living. We thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. How in the world you do it, Lord, we'll never know. Nevertheless, we come to you. You do your work, O God. We crawl up into your arms, our Savior and our Lord, as your little children. We trust you. Hold our hands, for which we cannot walk without. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.